0: Hey
1: everybody, I hope you like the podcast and we're talking about The Way Back. We're here with Cameron and Kirk with Popcorn for Breakfast.
0: Let's do this thing!
1: Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a packed show for you today. We are going to review Ben Affleck's latest film, The Way Back. We are going to do our schoolyard pick of sports. Kirk's got some new game that I don't even know what it is. And of course, we'll get you all caught up in what's popping. Let's do it. Joining us on another wonderful episode of Popcorn for Breakfast, I am your co-host Cam. With me, as always, your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. And we are back after a week off. It wasn't really a week off, if you know what I'm talking about, Kirk.
2: I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: There was no rest happening. We We did a live stream.
2: Late night live stream. Our
1: first ever live stream. We called it Popcorn for Breakfast Movie Night. We watched The Matrix. Live on YouTube. Hope you guys got to check that out. That was your first time seeing it. It was. And I'm ashamed to admit it, Kirk. I am. It hurts me.
2: Hey, that's okay. Remember, I still haven't seen all of the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah,
1: everybody's sort of got their thing, right? I mean, yours is inexcusable. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> but but everybody sort of has their thing. And this is mine, all right? And I'm just going to wear it on my chest. Yeah. Scarlet Letter style. Ooh. Um, it was good. I have to say, The Matrix... Lives up to the hype. It does. It was fun. It was unpredictable. I was telling on the actual stream, I was saying I feel like I've been kind of guarded from spoilers on this movie. Like, I don't... I know, like, vague details of it. I know about there being a red pill. I knew about there being morpheus i knew about neo
2: is like the chosen one but i that was it i mean that just like really high level stuff yeah it's pretty impressive because so much more happens as well i think that you might have been guarded by there's a there's a toxic um fan base of course with this trilogy where yeah. people hated the ending so much that they probably just stopped talking about it
1: of the first film
2: no no oh no the, the, the
1: whole the whole series
2: as a whole franchise yeah
1: yeah well i mean it's coming back
2: so number four
1: yeah, number four is coming. I'm excited about it. I need to watch the other two first. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, though, like the the world building, I can see why this is a big, big, big film. It's very interesting. Um, your audio was like cutting out at the end, so I didn't get to talk to you while my my mind was literally exploding
2: into giblets all over the place (laughs) from the ending of that movie. Yeah, literally the climax of the film and my AirPods died. I was so mad. It's not cool. Not cool, Apple. Not cool at all. And I don't know why I went for my AirPods versus my actual headphones, so that won't happen again.
1: Well, it's just um, swag factor. You know, Mm, you're just going
2: for swagadelic. I mean, if you see all the people... On the talk shows, you know, all the the news anchors they're they're quarantined at their homes and they've got their AirPods in. Every single yeah. person, even the Tiger King um, new episode with uh, what's his name? What's what's the Soup's guy name? Not Tosh, but oh, Joel McHale. Joel McHale. <laughs> Joel <laughs> you, McHale's
1: on the new Tiger King episode. Yes. What if you haven't watched it? Well, no here's the thing. Well, let's not get into Tiger King. We'll, okay, we'll, sorry. we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about Tiger. I can't even with Tiger King right now. <laughs> Anyways, right? they've all
2: got air. They've all got the AirPods. Yeah.
1: You made a personal branding decision. You, you know were what? like, this
2: is it. This is our brand. And you paid the ultimate price for it. And it's, you know, it is what it is. And I'm an Apple guy. You know, if app anyone from uh, Apple is listening to this uh, podcast, they want to send me some Apple stuff. Send it my way. We won't turn it down. No, no. I mean, if you
1: need our address, we got you. Yeah. It's five, five, five. <laughs> we, he, we rarely turn down gifts. It's true. Um, but I think overall the live stream was great. The ending rocked me to the core of my being, but I think, I think I was overthinking the ending when Morpheus was like, I didn't bring you here to show you a uh, spoiler alert. Hold on guys. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Ear your <laughs> If you haven't seen the matrix like me from 1999, <laughs> 1999 spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, yeah. When Morpheus is like, I didn't bring you here to show you the the ending. It was to show you the beginning. I think that was really just him saying, like, we're just getting started, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go. So, I mean, yeah, I think the ending, now that I've had some time to let it marinate, it was really excellent, really well executed, but not, like, earth-shattering. Like, I don't know what I just watched. Right. So, that's good. That's good. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be confused. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think we'll do more Matrix. We'll definitely do more live streams. We were just talking about that the other day. I think we're going to run that back. If you didn't get a chance to check out the live stream, you can actually go watch it now so you can queue up your Matrix with us, watch the movie along with us. It'll be a really good time, um, which also we're on YouTube now. BT Dubs.
2: Surprise. Yeah,
1: we're going to be dropping all kinds of content on YouTube. So give us a subscription. Give us a few likes if you're feeling generous. Um just search popcorn for breakfast podcast and you'll find your way to us. So really good time last week. Sorry, there was no
2: new episode, but you that, know, that was the episode. That was the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just, we're just kind of working it out. So it was an interactive episode because you can, again, cue it up, watch it. Let us be your commentary. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, okay. Let's talk about Tiger King since you brought it up. Thank you. So Tiger King, last time we had an episode, I was in the midst I was deep, deeply entrenched in it, but had not finished. Yes. I have since finished the show. I'll never be the same. I think it's safe to say um I'm, I'm shocked and horrified and amazed by everything that I saw. Okay? That just goes without saying. Everyone who's watched the show they know exactly what I'm talking about. Interesting wrinkle though, last week, when my wife's like you know what, I think I do want to continue on Tiger King. She had kind of stepped out after after episode one. She was like, eh, I don't know, with the animals and the, I, I don't know, not my vibe. The hype got to her. Mm-hmm. You know, the memes. She was like, I want to be in on the joke, which I think everybody does, because yes. it's, a, it's a great joke, let's be honest. So now I'm watching it for the second time, Kirk. <laughs> I'm watching it for the second time. And I'd like to say that my sensitivity has been
2: dulled, but it's just, it's that's not true. It's not true. It's probably even more fun watching it back a second time because, you know, as it unfolds for Jackie, you're like, you don't even know what's about to happen. I like
1: to watch the horror. I'm like,
2: (laughs) you thought that was exciting and mind-blowing? That's cute. This time, you're actually, instead of watching the TV screen, I imagine you sitting facing her directly so she can see the TV over your shoulder. And you're just like eating popcorn and watching everything unfold on her face. It's like
1: an audio-video it's it's everything it's just a sensory overload experience i get (laughs) i can hear her like if i'm ever just like scrolling my phone i can hear the shock and awe it's incredible it's 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 really great so that is why i haven't gotten to the new episode which netflix was just like boop new episode here you go guys um i don't know if they're going to continue they said they have just like crap loads of footage so What's this new episode like? Joel McHale's involved? What's happening?
2: Yeah, it definitely is a completely different vibe. He, It's basically a catch-up with all of the people that we saw in the entire documentary. Oh, Everybody. it's like a where are they now? It's a where are they now. Yeah, Like one year after the documentary, <laughs> right? Precisely. And I will say that it, I wanted it to be a little bit more fascinating. Still watch it. Like, you need to see these people. You need to hear the extra things they have to say. Yeah. But... It's almost as if Joel McHale didn't want to be there. I don't know, <laughs> asking them the questions. <laughs> he's
1: like, I have to share a room with Howard Baskin. Yes. Like, how how much? <laughs> all right, I'll do
2: it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they're all. It's all remote. That they're. He's in his living room on his couch, and they've again. Netflix, oh, so they just threw this together. Yes. Netflix like shipped AirPods to every single one of these people. They <laughs> all have AirPods in <laughs> talking to Joel McHale on oh, video. Oh goodness. So I mean. I wish it would have been a different host. Uh, it's it's definitely not as f- much flair as the original series. And yeah. I, I don't think that's even possible, so I have to give it that. Sure. Yeah, that's interesting. But do you watch it? That episode's entitled The Tiger King and I. I don't, oh, that's a good
1: one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I can not watch it. I think I have to. Watch you have it.
2: to. You can't. You can't go by.
1: Just like I have to every single time we talk about the Tiger King, play our obligatory sound. So there you go. <laughs> for those that didn't listen to the last episode, uh, there's a lot of that. Spoiler alert: lots of tiger sound effects. Um, okay, that's Tiger King. We'll probably be talking about that for forever, for the rest of our lives. Cause now I feel like I'm a trauma victim because I watched that show. So um, in like
2: 20 years, like did you or someone, you know, <laughs> watch the time. You King? may be
1: entitled to a hefty settlement from the federal government.
2: If so, called one eight, <laughs> eight, eight.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Let's do what's popping. Yep. Pop it up. We have some actual real news this time. Okay. Some real news. Uh, it feels weird. It feels wrong, but it also feels right. Kirk to have some real news to talk about. Oh, Where to begin? I feel like, you know, we didn't even talk about what's popping ahead of time, so I feel like I've got, like, the power just shifted in my favor, and now I can kind of lay it on you. It's been two weeks, so we got lots to talk about. First of all, Quibi. 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 It's here. It's arrived. Quibi is here. Quibi was, like, this weird thing. At least this is my experience. Let me tell you if it's similar. I kept, like, hearing so-and-so's doing a show for Quibi. I was like, Quibi? Huh? What? It was like it's like somebody coming up behind you and whispering it in your ear and you turn around there's no one there you're like wait, "Quibby?" I'm like I feel like somebody just keeps saying Quibby and I don't know what this is. Quibby is an online streaming platform that's optimized for mobile viewing and can only be viewed on can mobile Can only devices. be viewed on mobile devices and they have short 10-minute eight to 10 minute episodes of television shows. And
2: Sometimes four minutes. Yeah. Seen.
1: They run the gamut from reality type shows, news, there's dramas, horror. There's all kinds, all, all kinds of shows, comedies for sure, but just nice little short little episodes. And this streaming service will cost $5 a month, but, but, you can get it now for free for 90 days, 90 days. So I'm like, yeah, of course I'm doing that. Give me anything for free for 90 days. As long as it's <laughs> not like a punch in the face, I'm taking <laughs> it. So I want to get reactions to Quibi because you and I have been dabbling. Yes. It's our duty to test these things out for you all. So we're, we're in there. We're in Quibi. We're quibbing it up. And uh, I just want to get your, your takes on it on this platform. Um, and then I'll give mine.
2: Yeah, the other funny thing about Quibi is that they so after the ninety day trial, which again you must sign up before April thirtieth. Oh, get is the, that right? Yep. Yeah, if you don't sign up before April thirtieth, you might get like a thirty day trial. I don't know. They haven't oh, announced yet. Oh, come on, guys, come on, get to it. Sign up now so you can at least have the opportunity. Then it's four ninety nine per month. However, you can get it for seven ninety nine per month for no ads, mm. which is silly because there's only a fifteen second ad at the beginning of every episode or less. Well, Kirk, as millennials,
1: um, we are completely desensitized to ads. Yes. We've been viewing ads since we were in diapers every day on everything that we watched. You show me an ad, I don't even see or hear it. It's like showing me a black screen. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there. It's just no, I can't even sense its presence. It's just like, oh, now the show's starting. My brain
2: doesn't even register
1: it. So. Right. Sure. Throw as many ads at me as you want.
2: Just load it up. I'll take them. Mm-hmm. I think they get to me subconsciously I'm a big I'm a big ad guy I don't like like them but yeah again they don't like oh, you mean me. you mean they work they work on me oh yeah, yeah. they 100% work you feel on susceptible me. to it I can feel them working on me too like I'll see an ad I'm like oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna go buy that yeah they 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 know that's you know how
1: podcast I mean. ads are for me oh yeah and for everyone <laughs> advertise on this podcast <laughs>
2: No, go ahead. Thoughts on Quibi. So here's what I'm following right now. So I'm following a show with Will Arnett called Memory Hole, which is his little um uh trip down Memory Lane for strange pop culture events. Oh, hilarious. That's like right up your alley. I love it. Yeah. He goes all over the world, mostly Canada, cuz he's Canadian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> love it. Um I'm also I also have Survive. I'm following Survive. Yep.
1: I am I'm following that. I've 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 uh, dipped my toes in that water a bit.
2: You've quibbied in that.
1: I've, I've quibbled in that <laughs> a little bit. It sounds That's very awful. Wrong. I don't like it.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, Sophie Turner Sophie Turner of Game of Thrones Lover. fame and Corey Hawkins from Straight Outta Compton fame. Yes. we. I also have this show called Murder House Flip, which is a reality show mm. where they go to people's homes. They've purchased these homes that a murder occurred in years and years and years ago. Yes. And they still have like the feel of, Hey, those are the original floors that so-and-so died on. They, they died right there. So they're like, Oh yeah, you probably want to change your floors. Cause there's probably blood and DNA seeping into the, that still while you walk across it. That's too bad. I, I have a really similar show concept.
1: It's called house flip murder. And the way that works is that you and someone else flip a house. And then at the end you murder someone <laughs> in it. Okay. Oh so that's that's probably gonna that show's probably gonna steal my thunder a little bit. So I'll just mark that one off the yeah yeah mark that one off
2: the list. Okay. Let me know if you need help with that. Yeah, even if it doesn't air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's also the most dangerous game. Yes, which that show is terrible. I'm just gonna tell you all right now. Mm. Don't watch it. Mm-mm. Well. It has Christoph Waltz, right? Christoph Waltz and Liam Hemsworth.
1: Yes. And I read that. I think everyone in the free world has read that story because we were forced to in school. Were you forced to read that story in school?
2: Absolutely. In like the fourth grade.
1: They're like, you. yeah, here's a story about people hunting people. The, the kids will love it. <laughs> Here you go. I mean, they weren't wrong.
2: <laughs> no, I did love it. I thought it was fascinating, but uh, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have been introduced that early. Thanks, uh, school.
1: Yeah. Thanks, public school system. Great job.
2: And the final one I'm following is called Flipped, mm. which is a show with Will Forte. Uh, he's one of the leads. I don't know any of the other car- other actors, but they're fantastic. It's a comedy. Um, also has to do with flipping houses. They're house designers. And then they get into uh, some drug money and uh, start helping the cartel re- redecorate their houses. Okay. <laughs> okay. So- it's a it's lots
1: a f- of, lots lots to unpack there, <laughs> but it
2: does sound interesting. You have me at Will Forte, so
1: I'll, I mean I'll take that anytime, any day of the week. Um, I'm also watching Survive. I watched what I believe is the most bizarre show concept in the history of modern television. laid on me, Elba versus Block. Have you heard of this? What <laughs> Elba as an Idris? Yes, Idris Elba. Who I love and everyone loves. Yes, and Ken Block, world-renowned ra- like stunt car driver, race car driver. Huh, he was like ever. really good friends with Rob Deerdick. If you watched um, Ridiculousness, oh. or uh, he's sponsored by DC, and he is like a huge deal. The show. This is what's confusing. So you've got British actor, world-renowned American race car driver. Mm-hmm. Okay. The show concept is they, they compete against each other in a number of racing slash driving games, trials. Hmm. And I'm like, hmm, that deck seems slightly stacked one way. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, like, Idris Elba's like, I'm a really good driver. I broke the um, UK land speed record, which apparently is true. He like drove some car 191 kilometers per hour across whatever. Of course he did. And I'm like, cool, but you only have to drive straight and fast for that. So like you may be a good driver, but you're not like Ken Block doing a thousand million donuts, Tokyo drift style, like jumping over cars, evil Knievel style. Like there's none of that going on. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, there's got to be something here. So I watched it. Nope. Ken Block <laughs> won. He won, He won the first episode like in flying colors because the first episode was like, we have to go through this flaming obstacle course. What? And Ken block like destroyed it. And Idris Abba was like, Nope, can't do that. And then switched his car from a regular car to a giant truck and just ran over every flaming obstacle. And by the end of it, his truck was on fire. Oh, good. That was, <laughs> he's still lost. I was like, okay, um, this is this show concept is totally lost on me. So if somebody can explain the appeal of this, I would appreciate it because it's
2: totally way over my head. I didn't even know that was on the platform, uh, which is probably one of its issues that, that I couldn't find that, but I still probably wouldn't have watched yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I guess the question is like, well, are you enjoying Quibi so far?
2: I'm enjoying it, but I'm never going to pay for this. Right,
1: I guess that's the ultimate question. Like, would you pay for it? I I will not. I, I also don't know who will. Because mm. I, I get the idea on paper, right? People like to sit on their phone and watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Check. People do that on Facebook all day long. They do it on TikTok. They do it on Twitter, Instagram, et cetera. People like shorter form content. Also check. But, but if you're on your phone watching short form content, you can do that for free on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Vimeo, a million, zillion, billion other places. Mm-hmm. So why in the world would I pay five ninety nine a month for shows that are good but like not amazing? And how am I ever going to get attached to some drama when every episode is like eight minutes long? I I just don't it, I don't see how this works.
2: Correct. Now maybe they've already um uh, jujitsu'd our minds and they're like, ha, ha, ha. they think they don't need this, but it's going to be addicting, like Pavlov's dog. And as soon as that ninety days runs up,
1: yeah, I mean it's ninety days. It's 90 days, so we'll let it run its course and see. Um, I'll be first to raise my hand and be like, I was wrong if it happens, <laughs> but I don't expect it to happen. They should do a free platform
2: where they run more ads.
1: Yeah. Why not? Right, and just have exclusive content that YouTube doesn't have because and, YouTube has everything.
2: Yes, or, and some shows can only be part of the membership program. Yeah,
1: like you steal Hot Ones, mm-hmm. right, because people love Hot Ones. Oh, my gosh. Or you steal, like, Dude Perfect, you know what i mean like yeah some of these youtube channels that just slay and have tons of followers maybe that'll be our business model <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody write that down or that's gonna e- be ours erase <laughs> this <laughs> um so yeah that's quibi check it out give it a whirl 90 days no no money for 90 days i mean you hmm. can't say no to that it's, it's, it'll be fun next one The Marvel Cinematic Universe, Kirk. We're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. So we knew... We talked on last episode about how Black Widow had been delayed. Yes. Tears were streaming down my face as I said it. I can't even... I still am hurt. Physically hurt. Well, now, because of that, all of Phase 4 scooted back. All of it. I know. This is supposed to be a time of good
2: news. I know.
1: I know. I'm sorry. But I have to tell you. Here's our new schedule. Ready? Black Widow, November 6th, 2020. Eternals, push back to 2021, February 12th. Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings is now May 7th, 2021. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, November 5th, 2021. Thor Love and Thunder is now 2022, February 28th. Black Panther 2, May 8th, 2022. And then right after Black Panther, Captain Marvel 2, July 8th. So that sucks. That sucks. It's the worst. Kirk's bashing his head against the microphone. I know. I can't. I can't. I know. It's not good. It's not good. None of that is good. Um, so let me share some good news. Let's just move on from that. I, All had, right. I was obligated to say it. It was there. I had to say it. Done. I posted on social and like one person reacted to it and they were just
2: crying. That's because no one wants to see that crap. Right.
1: They're like, get this off of my <laughs> timeline. This is horrible. And I feel them. Okay, let's talk about good news with regards to Marvel. This this news is breaking fast. I don't even think you're aware of it, Kirk. What? It's scorching hot. Burned my fingers as I was pulling it off the printer.
2: Oh, gosh, look at the bandages on your
1: fingers. I know. Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Confirmed! Yes! Yes, this is what we've been waiting yes! for. Yes! Oh, that's such good news. This is the perfect match. This This is like... I don't even know how he wasn't directing it in the first place. Like, no disrespect to Scott Derrickson, who was, is incredible. And I really like Doctor Strange, probably more than most people, to be honest. This is the perfect mixture because they've talked about how there are some horror elements to this, they talked about how things are getting weird. Then you bring in a guy who has done superhero stuff really well with the old Spider Man stuff and has done horror to the nth degree with Evil Dead and
2: all of his other accolades. This is perfect. It is. He does weird stuff, and it works. It always works. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm speechless. I'm so excited. It makes
1: me wonder if, if like, Marvel made this happen, like they were like, "Hey, Scott Derrickson, you're awesome, and we want to keep working with you." We really think this project is suited to Sam Raimi. We really think this is his gig. Yeah. Stay on as exec producer. Stay on and guard this thing. We may even bring you back for another Doctor Strange film. We may bring you back for an Avengers film. Who knows?
2: You know? They could bring him back for an entirely new character.
1: Right. Because Doctor Strange was such a good introduction. Yeah, and, and things will only get weirder for, from here. So he did a good job with the first one. I don't know. It, it feels like something like that has to be in motion because this is just too perfect. I remember when we talked about when this was sort of like, a rumor swirling around we were both like this has to happen i mean this has to happen so could not be happier i'm so stoked he confirmed it uh, variety is the one who's reporting it they're pretty legit they report a lot of this like contract type stuff so oh, yeah um they're on it and i'm very excited very very excited
2: this is just a dream come true in the midst of the chaos that we live in i know
1: it's so good um more good news what more we got to look at dune Today we did. We got a look at Dune, which is the new uh, Denis Villeneuve film.
2: You say that so beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. It's, well,
1: I am French. It's so. like poetry dripping from your lips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just kind of pours out of my mouth. Say it again. Yep. Denis Villeneuve. Ooh, say it again, but raspier. Denis Villeneuve. Say it in a high pitch Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was terrible. That was that might be the worst content that we've ever generated, but it's okay. I love Denis Villeneuve. That's why I learned how to say his name. I thought his name was Dennis Villanueva at first, <laughs> and it's definitely not. So there's that. Um, he directed Arrival. He directed Blade Runner 2049. He's directed all kinds of great things. He's one of the great visionary directors that we have right now. Yeah. Oh, Sicario was also him, Dude. I believe. Did I make that up?
2: Let me get his rap sheet right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, let's let's fact check me. I'm I'm going rogue. I'm going rogue here so I can't be trusted. <laughs>
2: Um. He okay. really is incredible. Sicario. Yes. Oh, thank God. Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Oh, yeah. Prisoners. Oh, Prisoners. With, that's the other one. Oh, yeah. Which
1: dude, if you haven't <sighs> seen Prisoners, well that's one of the great movie endings ever.
2: Strap in for that. It's Oh, it's rough. It'll rock your world. Yeah. That was his first American, uh, second American film. He also did this horror movie-ish called Incendies, which uh-huh. I haven't seen but no oh, that was not American, but I want to see it now.
1: Dude, I saw Prisoners in theaters by myself. You did not. I did. Oh, my gosh. And it, it really got to me. It really did.
2: I saw it. I watched it alone. I think Aubrey was visiting you when you were in Oregon, and I watched it alone in my house. Oh. <laughs> and... Horrified. yeah you're like never again (laughs) or you were like next up zodiac (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes,
2: double feature tonight yeah but it's so good like it's very disturbing is it based on a true story i have no idea i hope not but yeah i sure hope not paul dano's in it like it's which that's that's a big red flag i mean (laughs) you
1: you gotta know if paul dano's involved It's about to get creepy and weird. Yes. Okay. And I love Paul Dano, but only because he plays really good, creepy, weird characters. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, man, that movie is wild, but this movie, Denis Villeneuve, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. It's based, uh, this movie is Dune. It's Dune. It's one of the, um, there's a Dune video game. There's been Dune, uh, movies, Dune TV shows. There's, it's a huge, huge sci-fi anthology series, six books long, Frank Herbert 1965. This is big. This this feels like this feels like his big thing to me. It feels like his first big franchise. Like I feel like Dune weirdly Dune has has struggled to get off the ground as like a TV series and as a film series, you know, because there are so many books that they could build this thing out. Now, have you seen any of the Dune? No, I haven't. Me neither. And so that's what I'm trying to figure out here, Kirk. That's what I'm, I actually just today bought Dune 1, the book. I bought the Dune book. I'm going to read it and sort of start down that path so that I can understand this series and understand like maybe why it has struggled to carry on, you know, like everybody knows Dune, like they recognize the name of it. They know that it's a big deal.
2: Yeah. But
1: I don't know many people who've seen the movie. I don't know very many people who've seen
2: the TV shows anything no myself included yeah so the film came out in 84 um so when i was looking at the who was all in this 2020 remake reboot yeah i was like wow there's so many people in this so i went to look up the original and there's so many big stars that was in the Mm -hmm, original we got mm -hmm. max von seidel who recently passed away Mm -hmm. we've got dean stockwell we have sting we have patrick stewart we have uh, <laughs> the guy from Twin Peaks and um, the, the creepy dad. No, never mind, just in Twin Peaks. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin, uh, Virginia Madsen. There's so many big names in yeah. this. And then to think about, here we come with, with the new one, and there's so many, but Rebecca Ferguson. Timothy uh, Chalamet,
1: um, um, Jason Momoa without a beard, Oscar Isaac with a beard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this movie has everything. <laughs> uh, who else is in it? everyone. Yeah, like, everyone. Everybody. Oh, Josh Brolin is in this movie. Yes. Like, yeah, basically everyone what? in the free world. So yeah, this is huge. This this feels ginormous. I hope that it becomes like a big long series. I mean, assuming that it's good. I'm going to read the first book and start to try start to dip my toes into the dune water and figure it out because there are a lot of people who speak really highly of the series. So I'm excited. Maybe we'll get another Lord of the Rings style franchise here. Maybe we will get something that's big. It's a nice big long franchise with huge stars and you know huge box office numbers. I don't know. I'm I'm starting to get very excited.
2: Yeah. It'd be a nice nice new epic journey to watch. That'd be really cool. I'm all in.
1: All in. All right. That's it for what's popping. That's all we got. Wonderful. And now you, my friend, or so you say. Me. You have a game. I do. And I'm terrified as always with games, but um, i want to hear what this is I'm, ex-
2: I'm i'm cautiously excited about it well that's good that's really good because this game is very much related to the film we watched this week cameron the, the film way we watched back. oh thank you the way back it that movie to me is about choices it's all about how we handle circumstances mm. that are beyond our control Mm-mm. it's um so what i'm going to do i'm going to give you a situation. There are three different situations. Okay. Uh, three different paths you can respond to this situation, rather, and those responses are Ben, bin, or bean. Oh,
1: this is not good.
2: As in Ben Affleck. As in a bin of something, or bean. It's hard to say. Um, like I've I've been to. <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: getting a little British on me.
2: <laughs> to Walt Disney World before the world shut down. Um, You must choose what you believe the best path forward is. Wait, what's the other one? Did you say, did you say bin? Ben Affleck. Bin, like a bin of toys. Bin,
1: like throw it in the bin then, isn't it? That's
2: right. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. And then bean. Yes. Bean, I've been to the the, the, the opera. (laughs) This is like you,
1: this is like you designed a game for me to be terrible at. Because I'm a typical Midwesterner. All of those words are the same thing to me. It's been, been, been all of them <laughs> across the board. There's no difference. I don't even, if you showed me all of them in a row, I would say them all the exact same way.
2: <laughs> well,
1: let's just see what happens. I'm ready. So I have three choices of been, bin, or bean. That's right. Got it. Do you say
2: bean or Bin. Be, I say been, I say Ben as well, been but for there. the purposes of audio, I think I need to say. Been, yeah. Been. Yeah. I've yep. been to.
1: Okay. Let's let's give her a shot.
2: So it's also uh, something I should have mentioned. This is crucial. Something uh, that's important. You should also know that it's kind of like Would You Rather.
1: Oh, I love Would You Rather. Great. It's like a mix I love it. I was actually thinking about adding just like a random Would You Rather segment to this show. Well, here it is. Even though it makes no sense to add it, I, I kind of want to.
2: Well, perfect. So we'll see how it goes. It's a trial run. I'll even start each situation out with Would You Rather. Good. To perfect. help you. <clears throat> so. Cameron. Mm -hmm. would you rather have ben affleck stomp on your foot ow would you rather have to swim in a bin of chocolate pudding Mm. that three people have already swam in oh or would you rather have been incarcerated in a mexican jail oh my
1: now, let me tell you something. I stepped on a nail in Mexico on a missions trip one time. Okay. And almost had to go to a Mexican hospital, like, near the border. And that was terrifying. So I opted to just take the risk with the tetanus and be like, maybe maybe I got a horrible infection. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't speak Spanish, which I think would be the worst thing about being in a Mexican prison. So that's not, that's not happening. Okay. Off the table. That's then. just gone. Okay. Because I can't speak Spanish. I can't. I talk a lot, so I can't be somewhere where I can't communicate. Yes. It's not happening.
2: So we're left with Ben Affleck stomping on your foot or swimming in a bin of chocolate pudding. However, three people have swam in it before you.
1: Uh-huh. And that presents a problem because pudding, you know, is less forgiving than water. Yes. Something sheds off of someone in pudding, it's there.
2: It's S- staying there. So many things. It's not
1: filtering out. That's just there. I mean, it's thick. Ben Affleck stomping on my face—is that what you said? On my face, foot, foot. foot. Oh, 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 oh! That changes things. So it was does. Like, you was would like, die geez. if he <laughs> yeah. stomps on your face. I'm gonna let him stomp on my foot. Okay, I am. I'm gonna let him do it. I mean, he doesn't get to go all the way like chest high with his knee, but a good like. Oh, I mean, that's up to him. His knee can come up to his waist, and then he can <laughs> drop his foot.
2: We'll see if we can sign an agreement, but I'm not. I'm all not right. hopeful. Well, that's
1: that's that's what I want. Either way, I'm still taking that. Fantastic. That was a beautiful, beautiful choice. That was tough.
2: Um, I think I would have, I think I honestly would have done the chocolate pudding. You think? I think I would have because my feet are brittle things. I stub my toe practically every hour (laughs) in my house.
1: what why
2: <laughs> i have very bad spatial distancing with my oh, feet oh my i got a new bed last week and yeah. uh, I, i've stubbed my toe against my new bed six oh, times oh
1: my goodness <laughs> goodness great well yeah that might be a good choice for you
2: so i'm gonna go swim in that chocolate take my chances hold my breath
1: you have no idea what those other three people did in there not a clue and it's chocolate pudding that's
2: right i'm not gonna eat it maybe but uh, you'd be tipped to your big chocolate pudding guy. Snack packs. That's right. Yeah. Situation number two. Ready. Would you rather have Ben Affleck bench press you, stand in a bin full of ice cold water for 45 minutes straight, or would you rather have been to the abandoned Disney World parks? Oh, I'd love to have been
1: at the disney world parks i think that'd be cool
2: would it be cool or creepy
1: i think it would be fairly creepy just because anytime like when they were showing the pictures of like times square with nobody in it because of the quarantine stuff mm-hmm. that kind of freaked me out but not in like a i think i'm gonna die type of way just in like "ooh, that's kind of eerie you'll mm-hmm. a, send a little shiver down your spine I think I would like that.
2: I think I would too. Yeah. I would choose the same. In fact, I told you this weekend that when I was a, a young, uh, dumb child, teenager, I once went to an abandoned public swimming pool uh, just up the street from my right. house. Uh, terrible decision. It was uh, super cool the first time, but the second time I went back, there was... Gang graffiti. Oh my! Um, looked like there were like uh, maybe a bonfire, but I, I like to think that it was more of like a sacrificial offering, which was horrifying. Oh, like a Blair Witch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: What uh, if you had died because you decided to go to an abandoned swimming pool? That would be
2: that would be pretty
1: unfortunate. That's you'd have to say.
2: that's a movie. That's a storyline with um what's his name uh what's the what's his name from uh, Hobbs and Shaw Shaw. Oh um Mike no oh, oh, wait God. who from Hobbs and Shaw the bald one not the rock why am jason I... oh, jason statham. <laughs> statham i was
1: like why am i forgetting who was in that movie how
2: dare me I, michael was in my mind anyways i would see him like his child got murdered at an abandoned uh, pool and yeah went after those people that's that's the the next story uh, the, the next movie film script i'm gonna write
1: okay i'll co-sign on that thank you next one
2: final situation i have for you let's do it ben ben bean would you rather have Ben Affleck compare his accomplishments specifically to yours at the Oscars in an accepted speech. Youch. The hard pass. <laughs> would you rather have to sleep overnight in a bin of toenail clippings? I or just <laughs> would you rather have been in a plane crash where you are the only survivor and you don't know where you are?
1: Oh my.
2: Ew, those, none of those
1: are desirable. No, not at all. Um, I mean, I think I'm gonna go with the toenails. What? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the toenails. It's one night, you know. It's one night. I mean, it's horrifying. I'll probably vomit myself into a coma. But I'm, you know, I'm not just gonna let Ben Affleck drag me in front of everyone on <laughs> national television. Like that's for sure not happening. I can tell you that right now. That There is no circumstance in which I'm allowing that to happen. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, that leaves me with two very difficult options. And I think between getting in a plane crash, surviving, but being lost, and sleeping one night in a bin of toenails, I'm going with that for sure.
2: Yeah. So, there's no way I would be in the plane crash because I would die instantly. I would Find oh, you out. would
1: die once you're there.
2: Yeah, I would. Like, I would not see that the end of a cliff was there, and I'd fall to my death. Yeah, I have no. I was a Boy Scout, and I have no skills. Retained. No survival instincts. Correct. Um, I'm not doing the toenail clippings. I'm just gonna fight it out. Just live <sighs> through what Ben Affleck has to Bro. say, and just use it as um uh PR for our podcast. You know? Wow, it's like one time Ben Affleck roasted me for no good reason, and here I am listening to what I have to say about movies.
1: I respect that. I do. I really do. I respect the sacrifices, the links you would go to for this podcast. It's really, it's really impressive. No shame. All right. Well, that was quite a game. I I may be contemplating my questions on that. My responses for the next few years. It's possible. <laughs>
2: Um, we'll have to do it again. We need to do more Would You Rather's for sure. We can absolutely do more because you can Man, force those into any movie that we watch. You can force, yeah, you can just do them. They're just entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is a movie
1: podcast, but we're going to kick it off with Would You Rather <laughs> because everybody has an opinion on that. They do. Me and my, my college roommates used to do that all the time. We would look up like the craziest Would You Rathers and we would debate them for hours. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, okay, good game. Loved it. Let's do it again sometime. But now, without further ado, our review of The Way Back. Kirk, synopsis, go. Oh. No pressure.
2: No. Uh, Tons uh, of pressure, go. Ben Affleck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real. Basketball. You Perfect. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that
1: is a better synopsis than anybody's going to give, but try it again.
2: I'll try again. Um, so Ben Affleck plays a character named Jack, who is a down-on-his-luck construction worker. He is um working his through his way through a six pack each night. His only human connections are the remnants of his family and mm. his drinking buddies who encourage him to drink more and yeah. be silly. Right. And Ben Affleck gets an opportunity to coach a basketball team and we find out if he succeeds or if he fails. Wow. That's a movie I
1: want to see. Right. right? Let's let's do it. Let's talk about the way back. So, you are first on superlatives. I am.
2: I want to know who you're giving your Oscar to. This was a no brainer. Mm-hmm. This goes straight up to Mr. Ben Affleck himself, because he did some incredible things that I haven't seen him do in ages. Because, of course, we have, he's had plenty of flops that are fun to, to laugh about. I think I even joked about some, some of his, uh, his flops uh, in a previous episode. Uh, probably the last episode, actually. like Pearl Harbor and such. But he also equally has had some fantastic films. And what I loved about him in this role is that he did so many things that I learned when I was training to become an actor, um, specifically with uh, uh, emotional recall and sense memory and mirroring and masking which kind of both are are one and the same and also he's using what seems to be and i think is real life experience to to portray this character so what emotional recall and sense memory is is something that you've experienced in your life you kind of like mark it in your brain like oh this is terrible I'm going to remember how this feels and I'm going to use it later. So let's say you fell the first time you rode, rode a bike and you remember how, how much uh, d- despair that you had, like, I'm not good enough, uh, rejection from like your parents, like, come on, get back up. No, I can't do it. I- I'm the worst. You, you mark that and you use it later. Um, someone yells at you. Some, someone dies in your life that's close to you. You remember that feeling of pain and then you use it later to portray whatever it might be um, in, in the acting world. So he, he was definitely, you could, you could see him moving in such a unique way and not a a generic way. Like, Hey, we need you to cry in this scene. Hey, we need you to be angry in this scene. He was definitely specifically attaching it to something in his life. Um, and then what was really, really cool. What I loved was how he, in his very alcoholic, uh, self, Uh, in the moments where he's the most drunk and the most out of it because he's just drinking himself to Mm -hmm. death, the way he mirrors other people when he interacts with them. Uh, So basically, when you get to that point of alcoholism, you are just a shell. And when people approach you, you just pretend like you're all right. You pretend it's not as bad as it is, even though you truly know it is. So if they're smiling, you're smiling right back at them. Uh, They lift their hand, you lift your hand. And Ben Affleck did this so perfectly, and then in such a subtle way that I couldn't. I was I was giddy every time he did it. I was like, oh, he's doing it again, you know. So I loved that about his performance.
1: Yeah, those are those are some really great callouts. Um, it. I mean, to Kirk's point, it had to be Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is also who I'm giving the Oscar to. Just like legitimately one of the best performances I've seen out of anybody in a very long time. So so incredibly real and just cutting so deep the the care that he put into delivery of every single line in this movie even when the scene is seemingly inconsequential you know pausing for the right length of time and then delivering inflection timing all of it was cash money the whole way through it was truly remarkable you honestly found yourself sitting back and thinking this guy's in another league right now. And I think that's so much of it is because he is drawing from personal experience. He is someone who struggled with substance abuse recently. He is someone who's been to rehab. Um, and this is just incredibly real for him. It was, it was really powerful to kind of watch Ben Affleck tell his story in a way and, and to kind of exercise his demons. It's something that you rarely get the opportunity to do. I think um, Honey Boy with Shia was a very similar experience and one yes. that was just incredibly powerful. It's a level that some people just can't get to. And Ben Affleck was so good. I, w- I was so, so incredibly moved by his performance. And I, there were times that I was more emotional during this movie than I have been in a long time watching a movie. I think marriage story got me close, but Ben Affleck w- had me in tears. I mean, he really did. He was he was truly excellent and deserves any accolades. It sucks that this movie didn't get a wide release. I know that it wasn't going to anyway, but I hope that people watch this because just to see his performance because it was really, really, really cool and he did an excellent job, so had to be him. All right.
2: That brings us to scene stealer. Who you got? This was tough because I think that we've, we've talked on and on about, you can't have a good movie and a failed supporting cast. True. You can't. And everyone really did their job here. I'm going to go with uh, an actor named, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Jeremy Raiden. He played a character named father, Mark Whelan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this guy was my, my absolute favorite. So he so there's an assistant coach and then there's this guy and i don't know yeah, the team chaplain he's the team chaplain yeah, yes yeah. that's the best way does did he, did he say it in the film he says too? it
1: right whenever he first introduces himself he says i'm the team chaplain but that's perfect I,
2: I even wrote down he's like he's more of an on-the-road minister because he's because
1: is... it's a catholic school and so that's part of their hierarchy yes
2: so. uh it's exactly uh, it, uh i'm so glad that he said it and i missed it but he's he's there for the uh, the spiritual guidance and support of these boys while they're in on this game he's there to ensure that uh, he, he's a counselor he's a counselor but he's going to do so in the in through their religion through their catholicism and he comes in and he's kind of goofy but then he's got such impressive moments of uh, just clarity. So if if Ben Affleck is off the rails, he's like, "Hey, uh, shut up, <laughs> sit down, and do your job." <laughs> right, <laughs> or right. or he says just very. He, he's got a couple of lines where he just says some very silly things. Um, I'm sure, just it's such such good sarcasm. I can't even I can't give it to you without spoiling it. So he's the, he's the winner in my book for uh, scene stealer.
1: Yeah, good choice. Really good choice. He's pretty it's a really funny relationship that they built out in the movie and one that i think is really necessary to uh give some levity to what are some pretty heavy topics that we're actually tackling in this movie um good pick i'm going with brandon wilson young brandon wilson who played brandon durrett the point guard on the basketball team that um ben affleck is coaching he is sort of like He's clearly the best player on the team from day one when Ben Affleck arrives at his new job. You know, he sees this kid and he's like, yeah, he's the best player. He kind of has this, he's hes guarded, you know, he's living in a shell and Ben Affleck is working on bringing him out of that shell. And so this guy is in scenes one-on-one with Ben Affleck, which not a lot of people are for an extended period of time in this movie. And they're just trading dialogue, you know, and and feeding off of each other. And he hangs. He hangs in there the whole way and he really just gives what Ben is, you know, Ben is definitely driving force in any of those conversations, but I mean, Brandon Wilson is right there hanging along um, and just really delivering on, on his lines and on the necessary, really powerful growth points in this movie, and his character ends up becoming a really pivotal person in terms of adding some emotional depth, adding some narrative depth, and Direction and just really rounding this movie out and making it more than one dimension. And that's, that I think is really, really important. So I got to go with Brandon Wilson. Very impressed. Hope to see him and more.
2: Yeah. Two quick things on that. I went to uh, college with a guy named Brandon Wilson. So that threw me off when you said his name. Like, what <laughs> like he's 30 not like <laughs> this kid who's like 16 yeah um, and then second yeah that's so true you know when you go toe-to-toe with like a vet of the acting industry and you hold your own and you just tell the story and you don't falter people often do that with like Meryl Streep right yes if you can sit down in a scene with Meryl Streep and hold your own like Florence Pugh yeah like uh, Sir Ronan and in, in Little Women like that's the one that comes to mind it's like yeah they're great <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely absolutely all right, that brings us to showstopper. What was the point of the movie, or the aspect of the production that really knocked your socks
2: off? I got to go back to uh, my favorite uh, film device, mise en scène, which is the yeah, placement... buddy,
1: put a dollar in the mise en scène jar.
2: <laughs> the uh, the the placement of uh, an object inside the frame of the camera. So. With thinking of uh, an alcoholic trying to make the best out of their life, and the title of the movie is called The Way Back, you can imagine that there are some ups and downs. Well, they are literally showing us ups and downs throughout this film, sometimes uh, in a very... uh, opposite manner so you see some antithesis so at the very opening shot you see ben affleck as jack who's a construction worker and he's on top of the world and there's this (laughs) big sweeping uh shot with like a drone or a helicopter or something around him he's on top of like a skyscraper and it's like Hold on, he's on top of the world, but he's an alcoholic. Yeah. So what's going on there? Um, there's also plenty of moments where he's he's climbing up stairs, and you know he's climbing up the stairs to like a horrible situation, or you find out shortly after, or he's going down the stairs, but then he's going down the stairs, uh, which is easier. Uh, when you think about climbing and going downstairs, he's ca- climbing down the stairs to an easier path. So there's all of that, and they flip flop it in such good ways. And then there's also moments where he's behind like chain link fences, and, and when he's in open doorways versus when other characters are closing themselves off. So yeah, so many di- for so many wonderful things that uh, the director uh, Gavin O'Connor, right? Yep, did with this that just uh, I love him and I want to see more.
1: Yeah, yeah, good good call outs. Uh for my showstopper, I'm going with the sort of um cloaked narrative devices that they use. I just kind of made that phrase up. So but oh what gosh. I mean by that is that they give you a story that is very familiar to you. You know, they, they set something up that you're going, okay, I know what's gonna happen here. And for the most part, I think This movie falls into some very goes into some very familiar places, but they develop parts of the character in a very nonchalant, very but but also very strategic way, where they just kind of like sprinkle in details that are really fundamental to understanding the character at later points in the film. And they kind of hide things from you until it's appropriate to show you. And that part of that is just to help make the story more effective because I think what this story does really well is it makes people with substance abuse issues feel very human and very real and feel like it could be you, you know, because I think that, um, people who don't have substance abuse issues just kind of think that would never happen to me. And there's no number of circumstances that could put me in that spot. And people who do that are losers or whatever. Um, and they go to pretty extreme lengths to show you like, no, 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 you are judging a book by its cover and let me show you why, let me show you how, and to kind of just peel back the layers a little bit as the movie goes and to make it really, really effective. Um, so I don't want to go any farther with that because with, I'll spoil it, but I think that um, the narrative in this movie is, is pretty strong. And they, by the end, you're left with a a really, really good story. So
2: that has to be my showstopper. This movie was like made for us because they, you see the trailer and it's like, okay, great. We've got this alcoholic guy. He is going to become the coach of this basketball team. You're like, I got it. I got it figured out. Yep. And like you said, they go down these roads of this is, this is a formula you're familiar with. But then as we like to do lots of what ifs on our podcast, it's as if in the writing room, they're like, hey. What if we did this instead of this? And then they did it. They actually executed yeah. it. So that was so surprising. You can't guess where this where this film is taking you. Uh, so absolutely, the cloaked narrative. I loved it.
1: Yeah. Good call. All right. Um, last little bit here. Director's shoes. What would you? What notes would you give to Mr. Gavin O'Connor about his film? What things would you ask him to change?
2: You know, I would say that the end pacing probably in the last i don't know let's say 20 no let's say last 10 minutes of the film i thought there were a lot of cuts um just cut mm. cut cut mm. so quick quick scenes you know not like longer so the majority of this film has longer scenes in it and it got it got a little choppy not in the sense of choppy like i didn't know what was going on it was just like it was quick 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 um even though the pacing was right it's it's a it's difficult to say but maybe you sensed it too but. it's a
1: it's a common what you're describing is a common pitfall for filmmakers i feel like mm-hmm. because when people or uh, or even writers when you're when you're thinking of a story it's really natural to think about the beginning and the end mm-hmm. and so those scenes you're like i know what's going to happen in the beginning i know what's going to happen at the end but you have to put more thought into the middle portion because that you haven't quite worked out and so the middle of films in a lot of cases tends to be the strongest piece and sometimes you see weirdness at the beginning weirdness at the end so i think that's kind of what what you're seeing in this film is a little bit of weirdness at the end where it's yeah. just not as polished yeah it's
2: hard it's 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 got to be so difficult to finish a story right like you have to make it make sense for what the what the characters want but then you also have to make it visually acceptable for an audience to consume so yeah, I still I still love the ending. I just thought that that's where he could have been stronger.
1: Yeah, I I think that that's a really good call out. I I definitely did sense it. I don't think it like, I don't think it infected me too much. But now that you mention it, I I mean I totally can visualize some of those things that you're talking about. Um, my director's shoes really is just be bolder for this movie. It just wasn't. It really <laughs> plays a lot like a based on a true story movie, mm-hmm. and it's not. So. It's really strange. Sometimes when you watch a based on a true story movie, you're like, man, wouldn't it have been crazy if this happened? Like, wouldn't that have been cool? Um, they could have done that here or they could have done something different. I think they went the hyper-realism route, which was a good route, but even still, like make us feel higher highs, make us feel lower lows, make us feel it. And there were some parts where it was extremely emotional, but it could they could have gone farther. And it could have happened more often. So I just think they kind of directed this as if they were in the con, like operating within the confines of a real thing that actually happened, that people are going to be like fact checking and stuff when they (laughs) could have really taken those training wheels off and kind of opened it up a little bit more. And I think it would have been more, more impactful, more emotional, um, and better. So that's that's my director's shoes. Yeah,
2: that's wonderful. Really wonderful.
1: All right, let's score this thing. Let's give some final thoughts. Anything else you want to say about The Way Back?
2: Yeah, mostly about the director. So this director, um, he, held, he held the reins of a film with Natalie Portman called Jane Got a Gun, which performed terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was also the director of The Accountant, also with Ben Affleck. Yes. Which people liked. They liked it a lot. I, I haven't watched it um, and he's got 10 upcoming projects, including another reboot of The Green Hornet. So that's exciting. Enticing. It is.
1: <laughs> Except for the last Green Hornet, it was like eh. Seth Rogen.
2: Uh, so I would say that, this is really, if he sticks to this movie <laughs> as his blueprint for his future yeah. uh, films, I think that this guy can really be really impress us with some some groundbreaking, even new classics, dare I say. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so I, I liked his style. I liked his surprises. And I'm going to give this movie a 9.4. Wow. I liked it. Big time numbers. <laughs> Big time numbers. I like it, Kirk. Be bold. All right. I'm being bold because of your director's. Yeah, no, I appreciate
1: it. I appreciate you. I I appreciate the, uh, you just, you took that advice and you just went for it. I did. Love it. All right. Final thoughts on the way back. Really like this movie. I remember you and I were, when we were talking about doing this movie and watching it, I was like, hey, I already bought this movie. Let's check it out. And you were like, eh, I don't really know if I'll like it or whatever. We kind of have those conversations, but we'll watch anything even if we don't think we'll like it. I was like, oh, well, I can already tell you it's not a nine because it's too cookie cutter. It's too familiar. It's too cliched. I'm, I'm out. It broke that mold for sure. It did a lot of things that I wasn't expecting and I give them kudos for that. And maybe there was some intentional, maybe that was intentional with the trailer, what they showed us, but they didn't. Who knows? Um, I think it's really good. I think um, I think the acting performance by Ben Affleck is, is an absolute must watch i wish they would have gone a little farther there but a really highly emotional very moving film and i given it an 8.7 out of 10 kernels it didn't quite get to that nine mark for me but i did really 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 like it i think it's a great film and i think it's one that everyone should watch
2: i think because i hated the marketing so much that yeah we should probably share our text little snippet of this yeah out, out on social <laughs> i was like really like really like i don't because they marketed it in such a way that I was like, man, this movie is s- going to be so awful and predictable. Yeah. But when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, they marketed it for dumb people. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, to be kind. Ba- you know? ba-
1: basic, like, people who want to know everything that's going to happen, be able to predict. I don't know. Something like that. Like. Yeah.
2: I don't I got Dumb is mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we don't don't want to go
1: too far. We can say dumb, but we just can't describe them anymore. Right. (laughs) We can't be like people who watch NCIS. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) mom and dad. No, I'm saying I'm not saying that. I'm just, you know, we could have gone there. We're not.
2: going. (laughs) Uh, But the marketing, it it, it was a bait and switch. It was, uh, oh, here's this feel good Coach Carter movie. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. It's not that. Yeah. I mean, they're just trying to get dollars, right? I feel like they could have marketed it for what this movie is and really had more hype behind it. Yeah, I,
1: I I agree. I do agree. I think that the marketing definitely leaves you, if you're somebody who has watched a ton of films, you're going to be like, I've seen that
2: movie mm-hmm. next.
1: Because that was really our take originally. We were like, eh, whatever.
2: And as you always say, marketers are evil.
1: Yes, pure evil. Pure evil. Uh, as someone who went to school for marketing, I can <laughs> tell you uh, extremely evil people um who want to use your brain against you in every possible way so yep there myself is. included yeah I mean I'm one of these people um but yeah it's you never trust them never trust a marketer they're bad people and that's marketing talk with yeah. <laughs> <Cam and Bert. laughs> that's all you need to know um all right but that's the way back good good high scores nine point4 eight point7 um you guys are all inside I know that for a fact check it out. You want my movies anywhere password? You can't have it, but I, <laughs> somebody told me, they're like, hey, you really shouldn't joke about giving out your password. I was like, well, I'm not going to give out my password yet. Yes. We don't know. Maybe something will change. I don't know.
2: It's popcorn for, <laughs> <laughs> for life. Popcorn
1: <laughs> for life. L-Y-F-E. <laughs> that's, that's my password. Okay. Next. And finally, schoolyard pick. The moment we've all been waiting for
2: sports sports talk yes you ready for some sports kirk i'm ready i'm so ready for sports ball we're talk. doing
1: this schoolyard pick of sports just sports in general so you pick a sport that's on your list that's it we could have done sports movies nope we could have done something else no <laughs> sports just sports and i get to go first oh And that, my friend, is why I am choosing the best sport in the sport that was the subject of our film this week. Basketball. Basketball is the beautiful game. It's like watching smooth jazz. It's beautiful. Um, If you've ever watched like Dwayne Wade play basketball, it's like very smooth, very, just very fun to watch. Very appealing on the eyes. It's lots of movement, high scoring. I just love it. I love it so much, and I miss it so much. Gosh, do I miss it. They cut it out right in the middle of the NBA season. We were almost to the playoffs. My team was going to the playoffs.
2: It hurts. But basketball is still the best. Just ripped from you unfairly. So Um, that's my
1: pick. I'm really glad I got to go first because if you would have taken basketball, I would have been horrified.
2: (laughs) I bet it was really nice to be able to watch a, a new film. Yes. With, with sports in it. It was. That
1: was why I recommended this. I was just like, hey, sports movie, let's go. I got to get my fix. Yeah. I had to. And it was lots of good sports content. Like, there's tons of scenes of actual basketball games, and they talk intelligently about basketball, and it's really good.
2: Yeah, it made me think, like, did they just tell the kids, like, here's all the plays. Just do them. We're going to film you playing them. And
1: Well, that kid is really good. That that Brandon Durrett kid, yeah. or Brandon Wilson, who played Brandon Durrett, He's he's legit. <laughs> like yeah. he can actually play basketball because they showed him doing crossovers and Euro steps and reverse layups and stuff. Like he can really play. Yeah. So
2: that, that worked out pretty well for that. That's impressive. All right. Mine. I'm going to go with baseball. Good choice. I like baseball. Love me to go to a baseball game, but I can't. So that's not fair. Nope. Um, I, I, uh, I really liked uh, one one fantastic thing about becoming a parent is taking your kid to their first baseball game. Yeah. And when you have multiple kids, you get to experience it two times. Right. And then if you have 10 kids, well then you're, you, you're not going to the baseball game because that's too expensive to take 10 people to a baseball stadium game. I hope we get to go to baseball games again. Cam, I know because it's, it's so great. We've got, you know, in our area, we've got the Nathan's hot dogs for our, our ballpark. Yes. Dogs. Um, I just love everything about it. It's so fun.
1: Yeah. It's very American.
2: It's a patriotic choice. And I can understand all the rules in baseball too,
1: which is interesting because it's, it's kind of a complicated game really. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget. Um, we have, we have a lot of friends from, uh, foreign countries because my parents were involved in the exchange student program. And so we've made a lot of really close. I consider them to be family members who live in other countries. And so, um, my favorite French girl Corinne, was here. Um, she lived with us for a while, love her. Um, and she's visited us multiple times since then. And when she came back with her now husband, Eric, we were watching baseball and Eric's like, explain baseball to me. And I was like, (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I originally was like, this is going to be a breeze, like no problemo. I know everything there is to know about baseball. And then I was like, Okay, so there's four bases, and it's first, second, third, and home. And if you get to home, you, you score a point. And you, whoever has the most points at the end wins. And then there's strikes, and then there's outs. And you get three <laughs> strikes and three outs, but three strikes equal one out. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it got really, really complicated. So, yeah. Beautiful. I don't know. It's it's not as easy as, like, soccer. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. this team tries to get that goal. This team tries to get that goal. They both can only use their feet and go. Like, that's all you (laughs) need to know. Um, Whereas baseball, there's a little more involved. I mean, it's not football, which is my second pick. Football. American football, I will just specify. American football. Mm -hmm. I love it. I do hate that there's, like, this cloud of violence and, like, concussions and stuff around football because that really sucks. Like, it sucks that this game is, like, pretty dangerous. Like... I hate all of that. I wish that it wasn't because it's so, as far as strategy goes, there is not a game more fun than football. You are playing an endless game of chess with the opposite team, lining up, switching your lineup, calling audibles, making reads, all kinds of things are going on. There's so many moving pieces and as someone who really loves sports, it's hard to not get obsessed with all of the nuance of football and all of the strategy that goes into it. So when I watch an NFL game, I'm just I love it. There's so much going on. And so that's why I had to pick football. I think that's why a lot of Americans still really like football, even though there is kind of this like, eh, it's a little bit violent, a little bit dark, but I do like it.
2: It's great, and it's great to go to a football game. I just like going to sports. It's just so yeah. fun. The atmosphere is—you got to go to else. an NBA game. I'm telling
1: you, I've been take me. Yeah, it's it's too much fun. It's it's really really fun.
2: Will you pay for my ticket? No,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hard pass. All right, all right. Uh, my next sport, I'm going to pick. <clears throat> badminton badminton what yes it's a real sport no i know it's a real sport okay. but like why pick well, number two well listen cam i'm not very good at sports but i'm pretty darn good at badminton if i do say all so right, myself. all right fair i tried my take at basketball in school p.e. roasted i tried soccer i was a defensive player roasted uh i the, the whole gauntlet but when i tried badminton I felt empowered, so I got to give it on my list because I really love playing it, and uh, I need a badminton set in my life as well.
1: Yeah, they're pretty cheap. You can get them for like 99 cents down at the Piggly Wiggly, so. <laughs> I don't think they're that cheap.
2: <laughs> I don't know, man. I think, <laughs> I think you can find them. Well, I mean, if you're not getting a net, you got to get a net. Dude, get just Amazon one.
1: They'll send one to your house. Will you buy me a badminton set? <laughs> no, Kirk, stop asking me <laughs> to buy you stuff. Jeez. All right. I mean that's a terrible pick. I'm just it's not say. a terrible <laughs> pick. There it's, are uh,
2: millions of people who love badminton.
1: I don't know that there are millions of people. I'm gonna. I check. mean, you could have tennis. Lots of people like tennis. Well, tennis is very hard. Have you ever tried that?
2: That's why I didn't pick it as it my number hard, two. It is hard, man.
1: The serve when you have to go over your head. It's like, dude, that should not be as hard as it is. Nope. Okay, my third pick. I'm going with. Well, I had my answer, and now I'm questioning myself. You
2: can't pick badminton. Sorry. It's out of the loop. I'm going with hockey.
1: I'm going with hockey, which this is a recent change in my mind. I started really getting into hockey probably in, like, 2010 was when I really picked up hockey Um, for the first time. I wasn't, like, one of these people who grew up loving hockey. I mean, I went to St. Louis Blues games and stuff like that, but I think... 2010 was when I really started like follow the team and follow the sport and learn all the rules and all of those things. The thing I think about hockey that's so insane is it's one of those sports that you watch and you're just like, I could never do that. This is truly remarkable. Like everybody has that like false sense of confidence where you watch a professional soccer game or like watch a basketball game and you're like if they put me on that field or if they put me on that court, I bet I could at least get one basket. Like, I bet <laughs> I could at least complete one pass to somebody. Like, none of that's happening with hockey. These guys are freaks of nature. Hand-eye coordination out of this world. I love watching Olympic hockey, hockey too, even though they can't fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I love watching them slam each other into the boards. It's pretty epic. And I love, like, all of the weird, like, cultural things around hockey like how everybody has a nickname like my hockey nickname would be wiggy because that's my last name oh nice what was my probably duels or Dually. Ooh. yeah i mean I like something something things. with your last name um there's f- lots of fun around that i like the playoff beards I, yeah. I love the camaraderie it's just a really really fun sport the lack it's really of teeth cool. yeah, yeah. No, no teeth
2: no teeth yeah it's great it really is I'm struggling. Uh, I gotta say, I'm struggling with this uh, with the schoolyard pick. <laughs> Number <laughs> if, three for you. Go. <laughs> if it wasn't an indication with bad, badminton, yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, let's go soccer.
1: Yeah, it's a good pick. I'm actually glad you picked that because I was trying to decide between hockey and soccer, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm gonna be ticked if I pick hockey and then I still have to use my fourth pick on soccer. So I'm glad that you picked it.
2: It's mine. It's mine. I did play soccer. I was terrible at it. Um here's a fun story. One time my team said, Hey Kirk, you should play goalie for this game. Yeah, classic. And, and I kid you, I'd never played goalie before, but I said, All right, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out there, I'm gonna get in the box, I'm gonna take I'm gonna nothing's gonna get past me. At one point in the game, uh this ball was rolling at I kid you not one mile per hour toward me. <laughs> and I was like, This is nothing. I walked up to it, and as I walked up to it, there was a divot in the ground. Oh no. That divot propelled it, popped it into the air, and bounced into the goal oh, behind. Oh no. Me.
1: <laughs> oh no.
2: And I'll never forget how angry that my teammates were at me. <laughs> but I also never had to play goalie again. So when yeah,
1: goalie goalie is a thankless job. There are on every sports team there are people who have a thankless job and that is the worst job. Like in baseball it's the closer, right? Mm-hmm. You come in, you are expected to win the game. If you screw up one time, everybody's like, are you serious, dude? You have one job. You come in in the ninth inning and end the game, so end the game. Yep. Goalie's the same way. It's like everybody expects you to save everyone, but you never get thanked for saving it. Nope. You only get like totally stomped on
2: whenever you let one go by. That's right. The only time you get thanked is if uh, if it's like one point difference last two seconds of the game. Right. You, you stop a kick. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's it.
1: That's the only time. And you're still expected to do it. Yes. Like, they would murder you if you
2: didn't. It's also like the the kicker in football. You better make that point. Oh, well, you have to. Yeah, From, you have to. No matter the distance. Right. Uh, 80 yards, do If you it. make
1: it, everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's supposed to make it. That's what that guy does. That's his job. <laughs> right, right. If you don't make it, they're like, are you serious?
2: <laughs> well, that's what And you're do. like, it was a
1: 60-yard field goal. And they're like, I don't care. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I can see why that you were not a fan of soccer. Obviously I have a lot of trauma with sports as we're finding out here. All right. <laughs> My fourth pick. Now that we've knocked out all the major sports, I am going to go with sand volleyball. Wonderful. Sand volleyball is a wonderful sport for playing with your friends. It's, it's just great. You all skill levels can play and have a good time. Obviously it's more fun if you're a little bit better at it. It's, <laughs> it's uh It's easy if you're tall. You can just stand at the front of the net and kind of, you know, knock that thing down. It's a lot of fun. I love the game. It's a great summer sport, man. You get you get the in the Midwest you don't really get like the beach thing, so you get a little bit of a beach feel playing sand volleyball. And man, dude, in college we would play sand volleyball for, hours. Mm -hmm. Last year I was in a sand volleyball league with work. That was super fun. We got third place just fun. I love it. It's it's, it's nice. probably like if, if anybody was going to be like, hey, we're going to play a sport right now. What sport do you want to play? I'd be like sand volleyball. Awesome. So that's my fourth pick.
2: My next sport pick.
1: Wait for it. I'm so ready.
2: You're going to yell at me.
1: <laughs> no, I won't. <clears throat> Bowling. Kirk. <Her.
2: laughs> you no, I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> Bowling is legit. Let's be honest. Look, it actually, is. actually. Let's use this opportunity to clear the air about bowling. Kirk, tell me all the
2: wonderful things about bowling. Bowling is great. You see, it's also, it can be a family-friendly uh, event. You can get True. Bump, bumpers for the kids or not. And you're just rolling a giant ball down You can lane. get nachos. You can get nachos. You can, you can go to the little um, tropical-themed arcade room, which is typically, in my experience, they're all tropically-themed for some yes. reason. Um, y- I mean, you can just do anything. You can do anything. It's like it's like being at a sporting event and getting to compete in it. It's like
1: if every sport was like as fun as playing a video game. Yeah. It's like you you're not gonna sweat typically.
2: No, I sweat.
1: I mean, you can just because it's hot in the bowling alley, but you're not like sweating from the activity. Oh, I mean,
2: I'm I'm just a nervous wreck the whole time.
1: Oh, nerves. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) But I just mean like you're not like you don't need to really display lots of athletic prowess.
2: Yes. That's true. That's so that's true.
1: that's a benefit right there.
2: It's very true. I, I think you could... It's very easy to find yourself... Um, you know, you just finished watching a show, and you turn back the live TV on, or if you're uh, if you're like, I don't know, if you still have real TV, like cable TV, then yeah. you turn that back on. Anyways, you stumble across ESPN or something, and it's like, oh, it's a bowling tournament. Yeah, and on then, a Sunday afternoon. And three hours later... <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, I've got stuff to do. (laughs) Like, it's just so calming to watch in a way. Yeah. And exciting. There's a lot of anticipation.
1: Yeah, I think bowling gets an unfair bad rap. I really do. Like, it's a legitimately chill activity with your adult friends. You go out, you go to a bowling alley, you kick it. There's this great bowling alley in in Maplewood called Saratoga Lanes. It's a favorite spot of me and my friends when the world is not shut down and things like that. So we'll have to... Making me want to go back there. It's making me feel for Saratoga lanes. Great pick. Great pick. Kirk. Thank you. My final pick. I'm gonna get weird. I'm gonna pick the weirdest sport that I know. Weirder Ready for than mine. it? What? Oh dude. Are you kidding? This thing is so weird, it's gonna knock your socks off. <laughs> Biathlon. You ever watched the Winter Olympics?
2: I have, yes.
1: Okay, well, next time the Winter Olympics are on, which this year was supposed to be summer, now it's 2021, I think that means they'll still do winter in 2022. So in 2022, Kirk, when Winter Olympics is on, check the little description box for a sport called biathlon. And boy, will you be amazed by (laughs) what you see. So biathlon is a mixture of cross-country skiing and um, shooting for accuracy. Oh, yes. With rifles. So you ski cross-country... I'm skiing right now. Kirk's (laughs) viewing it. No one else can see it. Uh, With a rifle on your back. Okay? Sick. You ski with a rifle on your back. And you go to like five different setups. And you ski up to it. And you grab your gun. And you lay down. Well, like there's three different ones. There's, I think there's three different ones. There's one where you're standing. There's one where you're kneeling. And there's one where you're like laying prone. Yes. Right. And you have to shoot the targets. And once you're done, you ski to the next one. You're like, (sighs) ah. you go you grab your gun boom you shoot it depending on how well you do on those targets you get penalized so if you miss a shot or whatever you get penalized and the penalty is the best part because all the penalty is is it means that you have to uh, ski in a circle there's like this little (laughs) ring you have to (laughs) ski around and if you miss like all your shots you have to ski around it like five times oh my gosh and then you get to continue on so it's like there's like weighing it out. Like do you try really hard to hit the shot or you, do you just take the lap and beat everybody back out? I don't know. It's so extraordinarily strange. And the last Winter Olympics there was like a photo finish for biathlon. Like two people were that close to each other at the end, which almost never wow. happens and it was epic.
2: I feel like there's several James Bond uh, scenes that, yes. that happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like it's the perfect winter sport because it's probably based on real life experience. Yeah. It's like a bunch of people from Norway were like, hey, you know how we're always skiing around and shooting bears and stuff? Why don't we make it a game? That was my Norwegian accent.
2: It was perfect.
1: Dinger, dinger, <laughs> All
2: right, you thought yours was weird.
1: Yes. You have something
2: weirder? I think I do. No way. I think I do. Prove it. Um, this recently became uh, a sport uh, because it became televised. It's always been a sport. Okay. It's always been a, a good old, old fashioned competition. Arm wrestling.
1: Uh, is it? I would argue that that is dumber than mine, <laughs> but not weirder than mine. Fair. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but go on. That's fair. Uh, you you know how to arm wrestle. There's nothing else to talk about. Dude. I mean, they started televising this uh, back in I think 2018. There's like actually like a show. That's, I don't know what it's called, but it's about arm wrestling competitions. Yeah. They, like, they like have some, like, little um, backstories for each of the guys and the girls, and they get up to the table, and they arm wrestle, and they just go for it.
1: Are there, like, people constantly breaking their arms and dislocating their shoulders on that? There There has to be, right? That I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, there has to be.
2: Right? Because
1: you think, I mean, I know arm wrestling is not all about, like, I don't know, people would be like, well, it's more about leverage than it is strength. You know, the you know, like some of these people who are doing it, guys and girls are are just totally ripped. Oh yeah, so you know they're breaking
2: some arms. Oh, Gotta yeah. be. There's there are tendons that are snapping, there are <sighs> ul- ulnas that are cracking. Yeah, they're, over I and over. Can't
1: have that. I don't know.
2: So that, that's my pick. I feel like it's a strong fifth pick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what they need to make? <laughs> Do they have? Um, did you ever play the game Odds and Evens, where it's maybe. like maybe. You, you hold hands in the middle, like you're shaking hands, and you go, like, one, two, three, shoot, mm-hmm. and you both throw out a number, and whatever your number adds up to, like, one person is odds and one person's is, is evens, okay. and if you, if you're evens, and it lands on your number, you get to smack the other person's hand, <laughs> oh, and it's gosh. just a game of endurance, like, to see who can hang in
2: there the longest. That one sounds so much fun.
1: That's got to be televised. If that's not televised, that is a massively missed opportunity because that game is insane.
2: I would watch it. Maybe it can go on Quibi. Maybe we can watch <laughs> a, a Quibi tournament. Maybe you and I can
1: host um, odds and evens on Quibi. Let me, I'm going to call our agent yeah, just right give, now. Give, give him a call. Don't call <laughs> our agent because then my phone will ring. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Schoolyard Pick of Sports. That was a good one. Good, good picks all around except for badminton. I mean, that was really rough. Uh,
2: you, you said badminton was worse than arm wrestling. Come on.
1: <laughs> um, all right. That's all we got. We've had lots and lots of fun stuff going on on social media. If you guys don't follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, definitely do so. We had a really fun game last night that we were playing that was like you get $15 to build your quarantine queue. Oh, man. And like f- for, it was like MCU, Lord of the Rings... Star Wars, etc., cetera, are $5. And then there were rows that were all the way down to $1 and you got to kind of build your lineup. Yes. Super duper fun. We had a lot of good conversation about that. We have our brand new Pixar animation studios bracket on our website, popcorn, the number four breakfast.com popcorn dot breakfast.com. If you go there, you can find our Pixar animation studios bracket, which is very similar to our Disney animation studios bracket, but Pixar specific. That one is a lot of fun. I ended up with Monsters Inc. Did you do it, Kirk? I have not done it yet. You gotta do it. It's a lot of fun.
2: I know. I gotta I don't have a printer at home. And yeah.
1: I'm sorry. No, you just it's okay. Just download the PDF and you can type it out in there. Okay. Or you can uh, jot it down on your iPad or whatever. There's lots of options. That's what I'm gonna do. Do it. I want to know what you get. Let me know what you get. Come in your mind. Um, so that's a fun one. We just have lots of good stuff going on, on social, so make sure you're following us there. As I mentioned earlier, make sure you're following us on YouTube. We are on YouTube now. Popcorn for Breakfast Podcast is the name of our channel. We only have two videos up there right now, but I can tell you that video, that number will be doubled, tripled by next week easily. We're going to do more PFB movie nights. We've got lots and lots of fun stuff going on. If you're a first-time listener, hit that little subscribe button in your favorite podcast app, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, What else?
2: Google. All the things. All
1: of them. Just hit the subscribe button. Hit the download button. We very, very much appreciate it. Anything else, Kirk? Anything you got?
2: I got nothing.
1: Then with that, I have to bid you adieu. I hope you're all doing well. We hope you guys are staying safe, staying healthy, staying at home. And we'll see you guys next time. We want to give a special thanks, as always, to our executive producer. Can I use that? Yes, please. I'm going to use it without his permission. Our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs. And, of course, to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our awesome, awesome theme music. We will see you all next week.
2: Talk to you then.
1: good podcast. We'll see you all
0: later.